0: Nonetheless, thank you so much and enjoy. (sighs) (sighs) Niagia, how's it going, my friend?
1: It's going great.
0: welcome to the conversation and while we're here let me go and ask you what your intention be for this conversation
1: Mm, my intention is to dive deep and offer some value and some truth
0: Mm, awesome yeah i am opening myself up intention-wise to emptying myself out and being a space for channeling. I know that sometimes I can get in my head about the things that I want to say. And I want to let that go. Be fun. Be fun. I like that. Be fun. Be silly. Just let, let it all go.
1: I love it. <laughs> yeah.
0: So this is a fun little thing that this is happening. And the reason why I say that is because the way that we met. So we met at a podcast summit, New Media Summit, back in 2019 and I was instantly captivated by you, your presence, the power that you showed up in at the event. Which you know, people are kind of going up, sharing their stories and everything. But you were just like, um, "I'm I'm badass," and uh, I want all of you to know that you're also badass. And I want to show you why you're badass. <laughs> that was like almost like the vibe that I was getting was you, you just exuded this awesomeness that people naturally gravitated towards, and uh, as a result, we connected from that, I ended up being uh, a guest on your podcast, The Abundance Hack. And here we are sometime later, about a year, and now you're having this conversation with me. What a full yeah. circle journey it's been.
1: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, it was a really great event. And just how everything fell into place was, was super awesome. And I made a lot of amazing connections. And thank you for being one of the first people that I interviewed on my podcast. So yeah, really amazing connections.
0: Heck yeah. Yeah. So inside of the podcast, so you have your podcast now, did you create that as a result of new media summit? Or was that like the inspiration where you just said, you know what, it's time. This has been in the works. Now it's time to start making this happen.
1: Okay. So the really quick story on that, I actually had the podcast in the works and I hired a coach, Donnie. He was at the event and I saw that he was going to a podcast convention florida i live in florida so i was like what is this event you're going to i have to be there and (laughs) when when i looked it up it said it was sold out but my personal personality i was like i have to be there so figure this out so i wrote them i wrote the the uh guy who put it on Steve Ulsher. And I was like, I know it says that it's sold out, but I feel like I need to be at this event. He okay. writes me back and he's like, <laughs> he's like, well, someone can't make it because of the weather. I'm not sure if there was like a snowstorm in another part of the, the country, whatever the case may be, someone couldn't make it. So he's like, you know, we can let you in and give you a ticket. And so I went, most of the people that signs up already prepared their pitch. Yeah. way before and I just heard of the event like two days before it happened. So I was like, okay, there's a pitch that I have to give. And I prepared it literally the day before I got up there. But you know, you were there. Like I crushed it.
0: Totally crushed it.
1: <laughs> but it just it it was one of those moments where I was like, I'm really powerful, you know, because there there were people there that's had podcasts for years and it just, it was that aha moment for me that like, yes, I'm in the right space. I'm, I'm in the right direction and I'm ready to do this. But the the podcast was already in the works because I was working with Donnie to launch it. And so that event just kind of was like the catalyst. It connected me to a lot of my guests and it really just laid a foundation for how I wanted to show up with that podcast.
0: Mm-hmm. So the, the power that naturally, at least it occurred to me as naturally you exuded and you were able to take 24 hours, you know, 72 hours, 48 hours, however many hours it wasn't to create something and then actually show up that way as a physical embodiment an energetic, emotional, spiritual embodiment that I don't think is just something that you just wake up and just like all of a sudden it's there. What, what do you think has you be that way?
1: Hmm, that's a really good question. And this is something that I have been really trying to understand lately. I think that I was naturally just this like powerhouse. And I wrote a post about this yesterday. Most people have the struggle with feeling like they're not enough. Mm -hmm. I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. My whole life, I've always felt like I was too much and I've had to tone it down. Like I came out just bigger than life. Like from a little kid doing like concerts in a park for people. Cause I've always had this big personality, but mm. Throughout my life, life had kind of like toned it down. Like, okay, you're too much for a lot of people, and if you want people to love you and accept you, you got to go in this little box that makes them comfortable. And so, (laughs) so I actually have been working on peeling the layers back to really just show who I am at my core. And Mm -hmm. there are people in environments that like that fire, and then there's some that that don't, and that's okay. And understanding that that's okay, and I want to gravitate towards the people who like that fire.
0: Hmm. that's cool so you you came out swinging for the fences regardless so in in a way it wasn't something that you inherently had to go and learn and teach yourself. like for example myself i'm i definitely don't fall inside of the spectrum of came out thinking i was actually i think that we all probably came out to a certain degree thinking that we were perfect and awesome and worthy of love and everything but we're enculturated and, and socialized and the way that we grow up is I think, very detrimental to a child in many ways, not that it's necessarily, you know, pointing fingers, but it's just the reality. The reality is that somewhere along the lines, we get a message and we ad, we ad, we adhere to that message and embody like, oh, this is me. I must not be good enough unless I tone back who I am, or I must not be inherently good at all. Do you, Did you get that instilled from you, from your family and your upbringing, or was that you really just were that way. And there was no external influence about it. Uh,
1: so I, I want to back up to something you said, you said, um, coming out thinking that you're perfect, like by no means did I ever think that I was perfect. I just want to clarify that. <laughs> but I always had this like really big, just like over the top personality. And I've yeah. had to, and, and society and my upbringing, my parents, like, wanted me to tone it down. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I like to wear like really loud clothes and my mom would be like, loud class. where, like, where, where are you going in that? You know? <laughs> and she'd be like, and I'm like, mom, how do I look? And she's like, mm. I wouldn't wear it. So, so stuff like that sent me the message it's not okay to be who I am. And you know, even as as an adult now, I like to wear like full rhinestone dresses and I like to wear heels all the time and society is like you're too glamorous, you're you're unapproachable, you're intimidating, like you're not relatable to like regular women. I'm like I'm a regular woman. So, so I feel like I feel like our job in this lifetime is to peel back the layers of whatever crap life Mm -hmm. and pre-programming piles on you. There's the people who, who are on the other end of the spectrum where they just want to be themselves. And maybe they're a little quiet and people are telling them, you have to talk more, you have to be bigger, you have to be louder. And then you have the people that are loud that they're like, okay, you got to quiet down. So our job is to just really Settle into who we are at our core and who we are on a soul level and everyone no matter what end of the spectrum you fall on Has to go through that process of peeling those layers back
0: Yeah, and you bring up a brilliant point about there's this Push-pull effect where no matter where you're at there's going to be somebody who's going to be telling you that you're supposed to be different Mm -hmm. And this this process that we talk about of, you know, peeling back a layer of an onion Something that's come full circle for me lately is I kept embodying this idea like oh I have to learn to I have to learn something in order to become good enough and, and it's this constant process of becoming but I was having a conversation with someone recently in a podcast where I realized that I wanted to abandon the entire idea of becoming and embody the idea of remembering because of becoming ideas I'm looking up and I'm saying one day I'll be good enough or one day I'll be there but remembering looks down and says I'm already here and I just need to remove all the shit that's in the way because I think even right now from, I don't know which podcast this would be for me at this point, like maybe 22 I've recorded from the time I started then to even now I'm, I'm editing the first one I'm going through it. And I feel like already it's a different person. There's already a different person who's showing up at the mic. There's already a different person who is conducting these interviews. It's uh, if you want to put it in terms of like, like a spiritual metaphysical idea, it's that the lower S self is starting to, go to sleep while the capital S self is starting to remember itself and be like, yeah, we are inherently amazing. I got chills. So like that's you know, probably confirmation. I remember someone said mm-hmm. goosebumps are god bumps and that's like a message from from God source, whatever you call it. So I think it's great you, you bring that up because there's a lot of noise and a lot of chatter, but ultimately the voice within is the one that matters the most. And secondly, are the voices outside of us who aren't trying to tell us who we're supposed to be, but rather are a mirror showing us who we really are and helping us to remember that inherently beautiful nature. Mm,
1: I love it. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And when you, when you say you got chills, I just did an episode on clear So there's eight, eight different clear abilities. And one of them is clear, clear, clear feeling. And so when you feel that, that goosebumps, or you feel that like little fire go through your body, that is your intuition saying, yes, you are on the right track. So like when you feel that it's, and is it clear? So clear audience is like the clear, clear knowing. So I think is clear sentience is the audience clear is, is hearing. Oh, audi- yeah. Clear audience is clear. He- clear he- okay. No, yeah. clear Clear sentient clear sentient i believe is clear feeling yes. So clairvoyant is clear knowing clear audience is clear hearing and clear sentient is clear feeling <laughs> all the clear words confuse me sometimes but i think that that's They're it. weird clear-
0: i didn't know there yeah. was eight i knew four i'm curious There's- what the other four because i know cognizant which is the knowing the audience hearing sentient is feeling and then void is seeing what are what's the other four okay
1: so I, I, I mixed up buoyance with see so seeing and okay. Anyway, I did, an inter- <laughs> I did an episode on all eight. So one is like smelling tasting. Um, oh, okay. I don't know. I don't remember. You have to go check out that, that podcast interview. Cause I was reading off of notes because I was like, I want to learn more about this because yeah. I believe we all have these abilities, but we have to tap into them. So yes. knowing what they are, then it makes sense. Like, okay, I've experienced this before. And now that you put a name to it, I can be more aware of it.
0: Yeah. So I, I actually did a podcast as well with a woman. Her name is Jacqueline Gert. She's really amazing. She So she's extremely clairvoyant. She like sees. And she was the one who actually helped me to see that I am pretty claircognizant in that there's a certain knowing that I have that I don't know why. It's like the, the old be careful around that going down that alleyway thing. And then, you know, if you were to split yourself into two different realities, one of them, you, you listen to that voice and you're perfectly fine. But one of them you go down the alleyway and you get your ass kicked or something like that. And like that clear cognizance is like that voice that's just like maybe be careful for that or, Oh, Hey, you should really go for that. Uh, or the clear uh, cognizance that is. So I think it's important. Again, it's about that knowing, having mirrors, people like yourself, people like Jacqueline, people who are going to show us like, yo, Didn't you? Did you know? Like, no, I know I didn't. And I wonder uh, your thoughts on this. I actually recently heard about a concept called the Johari's Window. And in the Johari's Window, you have just imagine like a window. You have a four by two by two, two by two window. And across the top, in the first column and the second column, you have I know, and then the second one is I don't know, and then on the Y column, it might be X and Y, on the Y column up and down, it would be others know and others don't know. Hmm. And the intersect in the first panel where it's I know and others know is called the known self. Hmm. Then the second panel is I don't know, but, or I know, but others, no, no, I'm sorry. I don't know, but others know. And that's called the blind blind spot or the blind Hmm. self, the spot that is blind to self. And then the spot where it's I know, but you don't know is the hidden self. And then the one where I don't know and you don't know is the, oh snap, I just forgot it. It'll come back full circle, but oh, it's the unknown self. So this is unknown to everyone. This would be, you know, perhaps the deepest part of the unconscious that really no one is fully distinguished. And when I heard this concept, I thought that was really great because the part that is important for us in having people like, yourself and, and, and people who really attentive and listen well, they can really help you with that, that blind spot to be like, Hey, you are abundant. You are amazing. Mm-hmm. And then truth, which is really what I'm, my mission is really about is being able to remove the veil of the hidden self. And in doing those, when we lessen the hidden self and the blind spot self, we get more into that that deep deep unknown self and i think that that's where a lot of perhaps soul is really hanging out playing cards just like waiting like when when you know you know you when you know you know it's gonna be, be crazy to see that so I'm, I'm curious what you're uh with all the wealth of knowledge you have your thoughts on that and how it pertains to the work that you do with abundance really
1: yeah. So, so I, I haven't heard it broken down that way, but I did go to a seminar once that said, you know what, you know, you know what you don't know, but you don't know what you don't know, which mm-hmm. is the same exact concept. So that blind spot helping, pe- having someone help you see that blind spot, because sometimes we don't see it because we don't know what we don't know. Like I know, I don't know Chinese, <laughs> but there, there could be something out there that, I don't know that I don't know. And until someone brings it to my attention, I'm not probably going to learn it. So that's mm-hmm. why having like a coach or a mentor is really important to point out those blind spots because we all have them. And sometimes we're on this hamster wheel. I use this with my clients all the time. We're on this hamster wheel and we're like, why is this not getting better? Why is this not getting better? Probably because there's a blind spot, probably because we don't see mm how we're standing in our own way and someone has to point out like, Hey, you have this pattern of this, but sometimes we have these, like these glasses that are covering us from being able to see beyond a certain level. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that I recently just got into sound therapy is something that helps raise your level of consciousness. So you have a a wider view of your situation Mm -hmm. and more clarity. And you're not just like this narrow minded you know, view of the situation, because if we want to grow, we have to be able to look beyond what we see right in front of us.
0: Hmm. Okay. So through vibration of sound, which I've, I've heard about this, have you heard of the the term sympathetic resonance? Mm Mm-hmm. You hit a tuning fork and all of that. Is there something about that? It's like you're, you're hitting the sound bowl and it's about getting yourself to align with that high vibration. So for example, lack versus abundance, a completely different vibration. So in a way, if I can tune via sound, I can vibrationally match myself towards this, perhaps a, this uh, drum or bowl that you're, you're using to walk myself up the ladder, so to speak, uh, raising the vibration consciously? Is it kind of in that ballpark?
1: It is. It definitely is in that ballpark. So I think what you're referring to is is trying to get your body to vibrate at the same frequency as the earth. So just like grounding, mm-hmm. when you go and you you know put your toes in the sand and put your feet on the earth, like you're trying to absorb some of that earth energy. And so what you're referring to is trying to get your body to resonate at that same frequency as like what the earth vibrates because we're, we're all energy. So it goes, it goes even deeper beyond that. So with the sound bowls, you have crystalline Tibetan sound bowls and it activates certain brain waves. We have five brain waves and the brain waves help enhance cognitive function. So problem solve and you know how we come to conclusions. And so being able to come to a conclusion from a higher vibration is better mm-hmm. than like, you know, like fight or flight mode, we're kind of like rigid and, and stressed and tense, and you're yeah. only seeing what's right in front of you. You know, when you when you've lost something and you're like, where is it? Where is it? Because you're like frantic.
0: Probably multiple times today if I were to really reflect on it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So you're in that fight or flight and it could be right in front of you, but because you're so tense about it, you can't see it. And Mm. that's often where we operate from and we're trained to operate from that place. We're trained to operate in a fight or flight or panic mode, or so many people feel like they work good under pressure or they work better under pressure when in reality, what I'm learning through this new modality that I'm, I'm doing now is we operate so much better from a place of alignment. And that is exactly what the bulls are doing. They're aligning all of our chakras, aligning our body for healing, aligning, you know, our energy field. So everything's operating together. And from the root chakra to the crown chakra or whatever chakra above that, because it, directly correlates with the decisions we make in life, like the the Mm -hmm. paths that we choose. So really tapping into that and every bowl has a different vibration or frequency or a different note that affects a different chakra. So the the tuning fork that you are referring to is the one specifically for the earth. So that's probably going to start at the root chakra and it's grounding you, which is the foundation. We have to have a solid foundation before we work on anything else. So <laughs> I know that was a lot.
0: <laughs> I'm falling. I'm truly really falling. I was like, man, if I had taken notes, there was a couple of things I wanted to hit. But the first one that came to my head was when it comes to changing a vibration from that of a lower to a higher, just for example, moving from lack to abundance.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How does one reckon with the idea that I can vibrationally put myself there, but how do I stay there? Because ultimately, isn't there something to be said about the the subconscious and how the subconscious, if there's beliefs of lack and, and unworthiness and shame and guilt and everything else, can a session offset that? Or is it like multiple sessions over a period of time, you begin to acclimate and eventually the time... The time in between, I'm going to do my best to explain this, but the time in between, so I, let's just say I go in a session, I, I get vibrationally aligned, but then I go back to my normal environment, then I drop back into that frequency. Is it much like that of therapy where it's like over time, you do it enough times to where you begin to vibrate more consistently, higher and higher and higher, and then eventually you're alleviated from those beliefs, or is it something else?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So I I would say entrainment, just like you know, in therapy, you you go and you learn these tools and tricks to bring yourself out of that that place. So for the thing that I like about sound therapy is it's a non-invasive type of healing. So we have like throughout life, we have all these things like fear that that cause fear, pain, and it creates these little holes in our our energy field. You know like and we we store trapped emotions in our bodies. So what the vibration does is it it fills those little holes in those little pockets oh. and we start seeing things a little clearer and when I started doing sound therapy so I'm I'm certified now but when I started as a like just going to the sessions like more as a client sure I I like woke up and had this clarity that I never have and like it just it just stuff just changed. Like I stopped eating processed foods. I stopped wanting certain things. I stopped resonating with certain things. And Mm. it just, it kind of just happens. (laughs) Like, I know that probably sounds silly, but like, like rather than, I think like in therapy, you have to talk about it. You have to talk about it. You have to go to that place and you have to like be there and, experience it all over again but with the sound therapy it takes you into this theta wave state and like the brain brain wave theta and it's almost like, you know, some processing is happening, but like when you come out of that deep meditative state, you just feel better because those, those little holes and trapped emotions have now been dissolved. Hmm. And now you're like, Whoa. And so the first time I felt that, and I experienced that, I'm like, I want more. (laughs) I'm like, I need to go back. And I I've made so many, like so many changes in my life. The transformation is like, unreal. And Mm -hmm. the more that I do it. And so now that I'm a practitioner, I use the bowls on myself every day. And I'm waking up with like, like this clarity of my own blind spots, because I did ask, Mm -hmm. I'm like, universe, show me, show me my, my shit. Can I curse on (laughs) here?
0: Yeah. I I could probably have prefaced that before there is cursing. Yes. (laughs)
1: Okay. (laughs) So, you know, I was at a point in my life where I'm like, okay, I feel like I'm plateauing, you know? And, I want to get to that next level and I need to see what it is that I need to do or be or whatever for me to get to that next level. So show me my shit. And when I started using the bowls on myself every day, I wake up like I've been doing the same thing over and over and over. And, and, and it it's on a deeper level. So like one of the things is like, like, I have issues. I don't want to say issues, but like, I've, I've struggled with like relationships, for example, and on the surface, I'm like, love me, but I have subconscious. (laughs) (laughs) I am open to love and receiving. So I have these subconscious beliefs that, you know, like tapping into your subconscious is not always easy. Like sometimes those are the blind spots that we don't see because you have to tap into that, that theta brainwave in order to, to really allow that stuff to come up because we've stuffed it so far down. So it kind of was like just waking up and realizing I've been doing this same thing over and over, or I I have this subconscious belief that's on the surface i'm like come love me and and my subconscious belief is like Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm,
0: no shouty there is not exactly. going to be any love walking through this doorway today 12 padlocks <laughs> <laughs>
1: right so it's it's a really amazing and and identifying our own shit is half the battle because mm-hmm. once you identify it then you can work to release it and you know reprogram your subconscious and to answer your question because i feel like i kind of went off a little bit i think that it's a it's a continuous effort every day we have to choose when we wake up to like okay i know now this is my subconscious block or limiting belief and I have to make the conscious effort to choose abundance and not scarcity or lack or fear and in between sessions I think that we all should have a certain self-care regimen so whether it's meditation whether it's you know Wim Hof breathing like whatever it is that brings us to that vibrational place that we want to be in and life is going to happen like you're going to get knocked off of that that vibrational like whatever your your normal vibrational resonance is sure. you're going to get knocked off of that at times, but that's when you really use the tools that you have in your tool belt, meditation, TM, Wim Hof breathing, you know, like some people exercise, whatever that is for you to bring you back to your natural vibrational resonance, do that. And then with every session, it's going to get higher and higher and you'll not allow the same things to, to bother you or trigger you. Like some of your triggers are just going to fall off, but as long as we're alive, we're going to keep growing. So you're going to find other triggers and, and life is going to challenge you in other ways because you want to continue to grow as long as you're living. But some of the stuff that may have triggered you maybe a year ago is not even going to be a thing, you know?
0: Hmm. I've heard it that the original computer was designed based off of the human, the human body and everything. So you have hardware, software, and then you download programs and things like that. In a way, what you're pointing at is, <clears throat> you know, we have our hardware, which is like our uh, our actual physical structures, our brain and our hypothalamus and our uh, amygdala and all these different parts of the body that are responsible for varying uh they have responsibilities. It's like it's like being inside of a house, you have chores. It's like, all right, amygdala, here's your chores, take care of this. You're hypothalamus, here's what you're up to. And what I'm hearing and what you're saying is that uh, for the sound therapy aspect, it is through these vibrations that in a way it's able to potentially control to leap, but it might be more like rewriting the script for some of these subconscious patterns. So like you mentioned, the the lack or unworthiness, which I, I'm becoming I I'm playing with the idea that there's all of these ideas, lack unworthiness and everything, all stem from the original sin, which I think is like fear. I'm, I'm starting to play with the idea uh at a core, but being being in the space where we can develop this awareness of, oh, here's something about myself. I keep people at a distance. I say I'm open to love, but in reality, I'm not open to love and seeing that and then having to make a conscious decision like, okay, well, normally I say, yes, the door is open, but I slam a door in their face. So how can I actively take on living consciously? And this is a word that gets tossed around a lot. And if you're not in the conversation, you might get thrown into the ballpark of you know, new agey bullshit and things like that. But really these, uh, all it's releasing really is to have awareness of to be conscious and to elevate consciousness is really just to elevate awareness, to, to know thyself in the, as I understand, the original uh, definition of uh, meditation and, and uh, I think it's Tibetan, Tibetan uh, definition is to really know thyself and to understand thyself because it's from this knowing now we have a choice and somewhere in between there's an opportunity for compassion and being able to be like, you know, I'm human too, which actually brings me to a really, question, A really great question I want to ask you, which is, you are amazing and superhuman, but what is perhaps something about you, a truth that just one of the human things about you that you're that you're working on or you've been working on, and how do you, in noticing your humanness, go about dealing with it?
1: Mm, such a great question. So, so I want to I want to just touch on one thing you said before I answer that question. Uh, have you heard of David Hawkins' Map of Consciousness?
0: I think I have, but I don't know well enough. Enlighten me.
1: So it's it's a chart that's really amazing. It shows the different levels of, of consciousness. So guilt, shame uh, are some of the lowest vibrations, and then it goes yeah. all the way up to enlightenment. So in the way he has it broken down, you have like a red section, like these are super low vibes. You just want to stay away from this <laughs> section. <laughs> and then there's, I believe if I remember correctly, there's like an orange section and then like a yellow section, but you, or yellow and orange, but you want to stay in that middle, that middle range and then work to get higher, but you're not always going to be high, but you don't want to dip below a certain amount, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but it's a really amazing chart. I would highly recommend you go check that out. David Hawkins, map of consciousness. It's really yeah. powerful. So once you have cool. that awareness, awareness, you're like, okay, I know I got to do something to raise my vibe. <laughs> I'm getting in this danger zone here, you know, because when we're in that low vibe, like nothing, nothing amazing happens when you're in such a low vibe. So just having that, having that awareness of like where you are. And every morning I check in every morning, I'm just like, okay, how do I feel? What do I need today to make myself feel good? Because that's the goal is to feel good. So, okay, humanness. All right. Um, Well, I just shared, I just shared something that I would say, you know, shows that I am human. I have issues in relationships. And this is something I've been diving really deep into. I'm in a process of hiring a a really amazing coach that specializes in emotional intelligence. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. really helping with those like interpersonal skills and, and, you know, communicating on a deeper level. Like I keep saying, like I'm craving depth and substance, but, but I keep finding myself in this pattern of getting super close to someone and then three to six months, like we kind of drift apart. So really understanding why that is, why do I have this pattern? Mm -hmm. So I'm a coach myself. So I'm like, okay, if I was coaching myself, like, what would I say? (laughs) So basically, uh, just to tell you my background and and why, why I am the way that I am, when I was a child, my mom moved around a lot. In 12 years of grade school, I went to 11 different schools. In high wow. school, I went to four, excuse me, in four years of high school, I went to three different high schools in three different states. So <laughs> basically, Damn. I was... Yeah, it, it was a lot. It was a lot. So I didn't have any stability. I didn't have any stability. I didn't learn how to maintain friendships and relationships. Yeah. I knew how to disconnect. And make new friends disconnect and make new friends disconnect and make new friends because you know the first few times it happened i'm like i have to leave my friends this is really sad and i'm like crying so eventually i'm just like i don't want to cry every time my mom moves so i learned how to disconnect my emotions and make new friends and so I used to really like this used to hurt me to even talk about it, but I'm like, I have to rewrite this story. So I don't sound like a victim in, in my own movie, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I asked this to my clients all the time. I'm like, are you the victim in your story or are you the hero? And I choose to be the hero. So I'm like, how can I rewrite this to... You know, not sound like it's like a sad, pathetic thing. And I'm like, you know, I did move around a lot, but it gave me these people skills where I can walk into any room and make friends with anyone and be completely comfortable. And I'm sure you could attest to that, you know, with New Media Summit. So it's given me the skill set that I need to be the people person, to be the networker and the big, bold personality that I am. However, what I've learned in my adult life is I didn't learn the skills to maintain relationships. I don't have Mm -hmm. that, I don't have that gauge of when to work through something and when to just disconnect and move on because that's what I'm used to. And so what I was, what, what I have been working on is really identifying, you know, uh, Compa- compassion is not the word like compromise like understanding hmm. like when relationships hit that point of like it's a little difficult or this person's kind of getting on my nerves learning how to <laughs> it happens you know like reality totally happens. It, it happens learning how to work through that and as a skill that i never learned because of my upbringing yeah so um oh
0: wow i get that because there there was a certain depth that you never had to hit because you were constantly going 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 yep Ah
1: oh, wow. Yeah, and so it's reflected in, you know, my friendships and my relationships and like why I'm on this pattern of like I'll have like these amazing like whirlwind romances and then it like fizzles out and in my head it's like okay, on to the next. Like this didn't work. Obviously we're not meant to be together, but not understanding that you got to work through stuff, you know. Yeah. And so um then it, it led me to like, okay, you got to work through stuff, but like what's worth working through and what's worth just like moving on and throwing in a towel. So really trying to learn that when I was never shown that, you know, and I, I was raised by a single mom, so I didn't have an idea of what a healthy relationship looked like. So really finding these things out and learning my own discernment and learning my own boundaries and making that decision to like, okay, I want this person in my life. So like, let's work through this shit, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it's been a really interesting journey. And just, I think that sometimes we lead with fear and we lead with, you know, pain. And one of the things that I think having a really good self-care regimen or some type of healing tool is to not make rash decisions. and. Tap into whether it's sound therapy, meditation, whatever, tap into your higher self, tap into that divine guidance to say, okay, lead me because I don't know. And the the, the most humbling thing of like humanness is to admit, I don't know. And here's the Mm. thing (laughs) admitting that you don't know, but also trusting that your inner being does know and quieting yourself and being still for long enough for your inner being to communicate with you for your higher self to communicate with you. So yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's great. And something that you said right at the end, I thought was brilliant, was there comes a point in your journey where you just have to admit, honestly, I don't got this shit figured out. Mm
1: -hmm. I've been
0: trying, I've been trying, and I've been trying. Mm -hmm. Every single model that I've ever had for what a good relationship looks like of... What good communication and boundary setting and everything else that comes with inherently being in any relationship, not just intimate in terms of you know a romantic relationship but a friend family member the things that you do in your romantic usually a lot of times in terms of communication and boundary setting and things like that are should be no further different from family and and friends because they they are in a way like a skill set and something that has to be sharpened you have to take. The, this, the, the sword to the forge and, and you have to you know, continue hitting and whacking until it ends up you know, becoming this finely crafted tool that you can use and be this masterful, valiant um, knight with, if you will. And to step into the realm of having an intention, but knowing, yeah, I want to heal my relationships, but I, I don't know how to do it source god universe i'm i'm surrendering this over to you i think that that is a really so i've recently as a matter of fact i have it written on my arm it says surrender to resistance you can't see it right now but it says surrender to resistance and lately surrender and letting go has been a theme because i'm very clear for myself my humanness is i actually have a similar thing to you in in relationships except my my version is when I come into relationships, I have a tendency to come on really hot and heavy and things are really, really good. And then at a certain point, something subconsciously kicks in and then I put a distance. It's, and I I think that that's connected to my fear of abandonment and loneliness, which came as a child. There was some instances where I had made it mean that the world's unsafe and that people are going to leave me because there was a period of time where I had three best friends and two of them overnight six hours before after I saw them passed away And then the third one disappeared off the face of the planet. I didn't hear from him for almost six to eight years later mm. And then at the same time my family divorced my, my parents separated and then that happened So it was like one thing after another that had me as a child believing This world's not safe. I I can't Trust people and now I have to do that work of, and I've been meditating on this. I actually cried, I think two days ago, which for me, crying is a big deal because I've been emotionally disconnected from my emotions for so long that to cry, I was literally sitting actually right here and I was meditating. I was just like, Why won't you talk to me? Why won't you talk to me? Like, I'm doing the work. I'm just, all I want to do is cry. All I want to do is cry. I was literally like sitting here with myself, like talking to myself, talking to God, saying, I just want to cry. Like, why can't I have this? And I went and I moved and I started journaling. As I started journaling, I had this epiphany that I've had a fear of love. That I thought that, and I know that on a conscious level, I want to experience love, but that I have to keep up a barrier because at a certain point, there may just come where you leave me or you abandon me or something happens and you're going to be gone. And as this came through the pen, I started crying. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I was like, there, like, that's what you asked for. And this is this was the work that mm-hmm. it took to get there. And it took being willing to, like, Tears streaming down my face saying, I can't do this. Like I've been trying, but I need your help. And that to me is different. Surrendering is far different than saying, oh, well, fuck it. And it's, you just, what would that word be? It's like giving up. I think it would be like giving up. There's a difference between surrendering and giving up. Giving is just like, oh, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. Mm-hmm. And being able to distinguish between I'm surrendering to something greater than myself versus saying, I'm just going to lay here in the dirt because I have, I'm just done.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Thank you for sharing. That's beautiful. And that, that, that's the work that we have to do. That's the work that we have to do when people, are like, you know, I want this thing and they really identify their desires and it's not coming It's usually because we have some type of block. We have some type of, you know, pre-programming that we have to work through. And I think a lot of people have experienced that, that the world is not safe. That's, that's how I feel. I, I felt, and it's, this is something I've realized recently that I had the subconscious belief that people couldn't hold space for me mentally and emotionally because I'm so much, because I yeah. feel so much, because I, you know i talk a lot and i always have something to say and i have an opinion about everything and just you know sometimes people are like whoa (laughs) (laughs) whoa (laughs) but you know that's why i have a podcast like obviously i like
0: duh anybody who has a podcast who doesn't like a talk isn't gonna have a podcast for very
1: long (laughs) so yeah i had the subconscious believe that. And, and it's because we're taught to suck it up. Don't let that bother you. You know, like you'll be okay. And like, it's, it's like society tells us we have to put our feelings in this box. We, we can't have a full range of emotions. We can't be too happy because then people get a little like jealous or envious. And then you, you, and here's, this is so good. So not only like the jealousy and envy thing, but we can't be too happy because we'll jinx it. Or like, don't talk about your plans because it'll jinx it. And I'm just like, I don't know what God you serve, but my God is not gonna take anything away from me because I'm happy about it, you know? So like, where does that belief really come from? So what it does is it teaches people to put a cap on their happiness. Mm. And that's part of what I like to do with my, with my clients is helping them transcend and, and expand their upper limit. So saying like, I can be happy. And if it's for me, it's for me. It's not going to be taken away from me. So we have this belief of like, don't get too happy or something bad's going to happen. So you stop yourself from being too happy. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you know, people don't want you to be too sad. People can't hold space for you with all your emotions and feelings. Then they tell you suck it up and you'll be fine. And, you know, it it sends the message that like, well, I can't be sad either, especially with social media, you know, because everyone portrays their life to be perfect. So you can't have bad days. And so, you know, reminding yourself, it's okay to not be okay, because we're not going to be happy all the time. We're not going to be sad all the time. There's a wide range of emotions that we are allowed to feel. And so, telling your subconscious that telling your inner child that like you can feel sad it's okay you know you can feel happy it's okay so really reprogramming that subconscious belief that we have to keep ourselves in this little tiny box you know
0: hmm. that's so important we're full spectrum human beings
1: mm-hmm.
0: we're we're not we're not just here to be happy all the time in my opinion like there's a it's this idea, right? That in order to know true pleasure or true ecstasy in a way you've almost had to have known like a really deep hurt and pain. And it's, it's being able to, to know both sides that allows everything in between to be really beautiful. Because there are just days often, sometimes often where you just wake up and it's like, I don't want to do shit. I'm tired. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I don't want to go to work. I don't want to work out. That sound bulb meditation. Yeah, it's cool and all, but right now, vibrationally, I feel like nap. I feel like laying here doing nothing, watching Netflix. And I think there's time and space for those things, but then there's also time where we say, what what is it going to take for me to make a commitment to myself that, although yes, I feel this way, but I I just need to set up and you know what? Maybe I'll just meditate for five minutes, or maybe I'll 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 do the sound bowl healing for a little bit. I'll do one round of Wim Hof, or I'll or I'll do five minutes of yoga because that's one thing I've come to realize is I am a huge critic of myself, as I think we all are. Most of you know we are our biggest critics, they say. But what I'm coming to find like that old age-old saying that you know when there's no enemy within, then the enemy outside of us can do us no harm. And it's about remembering that when we can cultivate a safe space inside of us through our practices, that the frequency and the number of disempowered states or lower vibrational consciousness, if you will, those begin to lessen. And then there's more space for creation. There's more space for abundance. There's more space for love. There's more space for happiness, joy, anything that you would like to put in the space it comes as a product of first, like we brought up a little bit earlier, admitting there's something in my space that I need to deal with and trying to act like I'm not angry when I'm angry doesn't work. It makes it worse. And all of it is beautiful exactly as it is. And that's, I, that's what I'm hearing and what you're saying. And I really appreciate that because I think that especially with everything going on with COVID it's, you know, March 6th when this is recording you know, we're still in the midst of COVID. There's there's a lot of tragedy going around. And if you're like me, you try to act like you've got you 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 act like you acknowledge what's there, but you try to keep pushing and pushing and thinking, well, I, I need to keep getting things done. But what I've come to realize is that works at my own detriment at points. So being able to say, I don't feel awesome, let me take this time, can be a really big victory, or rather a really big like you know, win of a battle towards the the war. If you, will. I don't really think it's a war, but like the the journey and and the sometimes struggle of pursuing a, a higher vibrational living on a day to day basis.
1: Hmm. Yeah. You know, every every emotion is teaching us something. Every emotion is teaching us something. And when I know that in manifestation. Or like law of attraction talk, they say like, you know, always feel good. Like that is the goal to feel good, but it doesn't mean spiritually bypass to where you're not acknowledging when something bad or hurtful or painful comes up. You have to lean into those uncomfortable feelings to be able to heal through them. You know, you you can't just suppress them because that's how we have trapped emotions. And that's what causes physical ailments that causes disease. So really, really being willing to lean into those comfortable moments. Okay. I'm frustrated. So why am I frustrated? And this is one of the things that I've started doing is asking myself like, okay, why do I feel this way? What is bothering me? And I have to ask myself a couple of times because there'll be layers of it. There'll be like a, a really surface layer of it. And you gotta dig a little deeper. Like, you know, our, our inner child and our ego is meant to protect us. So when something triggers us, like, okay, what, what is this teaching me? What haven't I healed to where this thing is bothering me? And what can I learn from this? And a, another powerful question and that I started asking is, is this perspective serving me? Is this perspective serving me? Because there's always different perspectives. And, you know, I have a friend that is from Germany and we have completely different ways of thinking, like completely different ways, same, same situation could happen. And she has a, a perspective and I have a perspective and it doesn't mean either of our, our perspectives are wrong. We just have different perspectives. So If two people could have different perspectives, we as individuals can have different perspectives. So I'm looking at this this way. Is there a better way that I can look at the situation that's gonna serve me better? And it's a really powerful question that I've started asking myself when something feels a little off. Okay. Why am I feeling this way? You know, is this my ego? Is this my inner child? Like throw on a temper tantrum. Cause it happens, you know? <laughs> so like, do I need to do some self-love? Like, do I need to tell my inner child, you know, I love you. I got you girl. <laughs> or, you know, yeah. is there another perspective that can serve me better? And this is, this is the work that we have to do. It's like, it's like, there's not a point of like enlightenment where just like everything just rolls off your back, like, you know, water on a, on on a duck spinner. Get in the habit of, of knowing like, okay, stuff is going to come up and have a, a, a regimen of what we do when stuff comes up. And then eventually you work through some of the, the pre-programming, but you know, I think at, at a certain age, you're working through like childhood stuff, generational stuff. And then there's another point where, you know, people may have gone through some marriages and, and if, if they went through a divorce, they have to work through that. That's another layer of life. And so it, it continues on. But the more tools you have in your tool belt, the better you can show up and handle the situation and get back to your high vibe place faster. But, but genuinely do it, not with spiritual bypassing.
0: Hmm. That was wow. Really well done. Coming all the way back to spiritual (laughs) by that was great. No, I just like we've been on this whole journey, come right back to spiritual bypassing. And this is a sick conversation. I mean, like sick, like a sick. And the reason why I think that this is so great is because I am one of those people naturally. I am all about the esoteric spiritual metaphysical and then there's also like the scientist in me who wants to know how and why and you know I'm into quantum physics and and Joe Dispenza's work in neuroscience and neuropsychology and, and understanding all of that and to hear it articulated in a way that that speaks to the bypass because it's easy you know even in like positive psychology and everything else where you avoid to your own detriment if if you're familiar with the Enneagram to any extent, sevens on the Enneagram are prone to, and I am a seven, prone to reframing to their own detriment, meaning someone could straight up die right next to you. And within seconds, you would go to why there's, that's a, you know, that's a healthy or not a healthy thing, but like why there's positivity. And it's like, hold on, man, like you have to grieve first. Like you have to allow your, this, I'm trying to spiritual bypass with, we're all energy and all it's, you know, it's, it's, it's all going to, yeah, sure. You know, yes, yes, we are spiritual beings, and that this, you know, perhaps this is a physical embodiment manifestation of this infinite energy that has cosmically woven itself into this physical form, perhaps. And while you're here in this human form, be fucking human, because that is the beauty of being a human, is being able to taste, taste, and smell, smells, and feel feelings. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And it would from what I'm hearing, what you're saying is is trying to bypass it there's only one more thing that digs us deeper into the ditch that is whatever we're experiencing. That's me personally. I've done a lot of bypassing. It wasn't until recently within the past few weeks through I got a cranial sacral therapist and I've done tons of meditation and breath work. And I have coaches and mentors. I just believe in the power of having people around you who have eyes on what you're doing. And it's, it's helped tremendously. And it's all come back to you have to be in the experience that you're experiencing because you can't be anywhere else than where you're at. And that is one of the ways that we can begin to move towards that. Like you said, that more enlightened state. Mm -hmm. what would you say, is there a general process that you follow for maneuvering through these lower vibrational states or is it really asking those questions as a way to, what seems to me is if you ask a really great question, it's a pattern interrupt, meaning you could be listening to me right now and having all these thoughts about things that you want to say and respond to, but if I ask you a really dope question, you're going to be like, wow. Okay. That's, I'm going to stop. Like it's a pattern interrupt is, is it the questions or is there some other process that you follow to really get you into that ultimate state of manifestation receiving? And oh, no, <laughs> I,
1: I think it's, <laughs> I think it's a combination. So, you know, Different things happen at different times. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm in different states. So I I use a lot of different things. So I I meditate, I use my sound bowls, I do EFT. So like tapping, and those questions are like the easy, the easiest, like easily accessible, you know, Mm -hmm. if it's something that I'm just like, okay, like, because I could go through that process to myself, I don't need bowls, I don't need you know, like a tapping video to show me like where the spots are and stuff. So it's the easiest process for me to kind of dissect what I'm feeling. But I know that it's important to me to create a space that feels good. So making sure like my home feels good, making sure I'm surrounded by crystals or, you know, like lighting some Palo Santo, I have a lot of natural light coming in and stuff like that. So really setting yourself up to win setting yourself up to win, like the things that make you feel good, do them, have them around, you know, seeing like pictures of your fur babies, whatever, like, like my wall, like when I wake up and if I wake up and I'm like, "Mm," like I could read one of these and I'm just like, okay, all right. You know, like, let's do this. So, so naturally like life is going to happen, you know, things are going to happen and we don't have to be high vibe all the time but there's i think that there's a certain level you just don't want to go below and if you do go below into one of these danger zones shifting out of that lean lean in first and be like okay what what is this and then what can I learn from this? Because every time there's some type of discord or dis- dissonance, it's teaching us something. It's something we still need to heal. And there's so many layers of it, so many layers of it. Like you think, okay, I healed from this and then there's a whole nother layer of it and there's a little residue over here. So it's a, it's kind of just this never ending process. I think that like that infinity sign is like, it's a never ending process. And if you believe in like spirits and souls, even in our next life, we're still, we're still, you know, working through stuff. If you believe that. So, really just enjoying the journey. That's really what it's about. Like, okay. Like when something comes up now, I'm like, Ooh, what is this going to teach me? This is exciting. (laughs) Like, I can't wait to see who I'm going to be after I work through this shit, you know, like, who am I going to be after I learn what I'm meant to learn? One of the most powerful things that I've learned recently from Abraham Hicks, and this is when I actually saw her live in Atlanta. She says, the more excited you are about this segment, the better the next segment is going to be. So we are going through this, this healing and we're constantly healing. We're constantly growing. We're constantly learning. And if you, if you say like, I'm going to enjoy the journey. I'm going to lean into this. and you know, Brene Brown says like, I'm in an arena, like I'm showing up every day, daring greatly. And you're excited about the growth that next segment is going to be amazing because you're mm. you're surrendering, you're allowing the growth to happen rather than resisting and pushing against it. And when you know, like, I'm going through some shit right now, but I'm going to be amazing when I get through all these lessons, yeah. like that's, that's the power, enjoying the journey, enjoying the process, trusting the process. And you know, when I apply that to like my dating situation and, and, you know, I've had issues with like, like friendships, not just dating, but like when I apply it to my dating situation of like me searching for love or allowing love, however you want to put it, uh, one of my friends and I call it driftwood. So the, (laughs) that could be, that could sound really bad, but driftwood as in like, (laughs) like the bigger the... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this may sound bad, but the bigger the driftwood, the closer you know you are to shore. So okay. instead of <laughs> instead of being bummed that this situation didn't work out, realize that you're getting closer and closer to mm-hmm. your person because you're fine-tuning what you want. You're fine tuning your non-negotiables, you're fine tuning your desires. And so every person should get closer and closer. So rather than being like, oh, this doesn't, this didn't work out. I'm going to be single forever. Nobody's going to love me. That's taking it to a low vibrational place. If you could say, you know what? I'm grateful for the clarity I gained in this situation. And I'm excited because I know the next person that's coming is going to be closer to my person if not my person and getting excited about the the learning process the the growth that's happening with every situation and it's mm. the same thing that could be applied to to jobs or businesses. So like, you know, this job, I learned a lot, but I want a better job the next time around and a better job the next time around. And you're gaining all these skills with every job that you have. Same thing with business. You know, I started my first business at 19 and with every business, I got better and got closer to like my dream business. So really being excited about the journey, being excited about the growth, being excited about the things that you're learning. And sometimes it's it's painful. Sometimes it sucks. But just leaning in and being like, you know what, this may suck. But when I come out on the other end, whoo, it's going to be good. <laughs> it's going to be fire. Yes. <laughs> yep.
0: Okay, cool. So you're pointing at finding the love in the process. How do you apply that same mindset, way of being, if you will, methodology to things that perhaps are more mundane? processes that are kind of like things that you have to do. So for example, if if the goal is to be able to take any process, any journey and, and have fun with it, I would say on a simple level, like really just to have fun with it. How do you make those processes more enjoyable? So for example, myself, I was just mentioning it probably earlier that, you know, I'm learning how to create that joy inside of the processes of editing. And how can someone, if they're taking on a new journey, say it's business, say it's a relationship, it's a job or whatever it is, there inherently are things that seem perhaps a little bit less appealing than others. You know, starting a business, you know, not everybody is probably going to want to learn all the legal side of it because that can seem a bit like, oh, I don't know how I feel about that one. But Mm -hmm. if you're going to run a business, you, you do to some degree have to either know it and learn it or hire somebody to do it for you how do you find ways to take seemingly mundane processes and make them at least to where you can get to, okay, like, this is what I do, which I would imagine is, you know, step up, but eventually getting it towards this is pretty sick and I'm going to be excited now. And then even more excited later.
1: Hmm. I hate the mundane.
0: (laughs) I'm with you.
1: I just, you know, but, but I, I find ways to just enjoy everything. Like I, I wear lingerie while I clean and do laundry, you know, like, it's like, okay, well at least I'm excited about this, you know? So like attaching something <laughs> you enjoy with something you don't enjoy, <laughs> you know, like I hate filing papers, but maybe I'll have a glass of wine while I file papers, just, you know, I find ways to just attach something that I do enjoy to something I don't enjoy. Like, I don't like doing laundry. I don't like, you know, cleaning a house and washing dishes. But, you know, maybe I'll put on like, you know, blast some music while I do it so I could be dancing while I'm, you know, doing stuff around the house. So I just try to, I just try to attach something I do enjoy to something I don't enjoy. Like, if I don't enjoy it and I don't find something good to attach it to, I probably won't do it, to be honest, because like... I don't know. I'm someone that's like I want to enjoy life as much as possible. So <laughs> so I find ways to just, you know, and and sometimes mm-hmm. it could just be music, but I love music. So, yeah. Okay. And I, I like with editing specific with with editing specifically, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess like like I don't mind editing because I I really enjoy the creative process. I enjoy, you know, bringing something to life that I put effort and energy into. So to me, it's it's just this creative, like it's it's a creative process. So just I think maybe just reframing like your perspective, mm. like, you know, looking at it, like, how can I look at this to where it is enjoyable? Because it, it is very tedious. But if you were just like, wow, like this is like a masterpiece, you know, so look at it as like like a piece of clay that you're gonna form into something like really amazing. Yeah yeah
0: i got that so between the reframing and attaching things that you already enjoy in it there's a way for people to find more joy in what they're doing
1: mm-hmm.
0: mm. so we have we've dived into the realms of feelings ultimately like you mentioned it's about feeling good and would you say feeling is in the realm of spirituality very uh not coherent. What's the word? Like almost like symbiotic with vibration, meaning I feel better. So I'm vibrationally at a higher level. Is that kind of how you would bring that together?
1: Yeah, totally. Totally. That I mean, it, it's directly correlated when you're feeling bad, you're, you're vibrating low. When you're feeling good, you're vibrating higher. So expanding, expanding your, your capacity for how good you can feel.
0: Mm. Okay. So Would you say that the first step towards any level of wanting to feel better is, is being defined by a vision of something greater than where you're at and then actively working on what is in the way of that happening? I know we've, in a way, we've talked about this a little bit, but if, if, if we are looking towards something greater, does it start with having that vision and then being able to manage what's in the way?
1: I think the first step is checking in and, and identifying where you are. You know, you have to know how you feel. A lot of people don't ask themselves, how am I feeling? You know? And when I got in the habit of doing this, I, I got a journal, like a little bullet journal. And I... Put this little chart. How am I feeling mentally, physically, and emotionally? And I would rate myself as soon as I woke up. So before I got on my phone, before I checked emails, before I scrolled social media, I would check in because we have a natural resonance. You know, like we have a natural vibration where before the world affects us, this is where we're at. So really checking in. You know, you know, people who wake up and are like, I need coffee. (laughs) You know, they're like grumpy before they have their coffee. Like they may have a a a low resonance when they first wake up and they've they've conditioned themselves to believe that coffee is what's going to raise raise my vibration and make me feel good. So really just checking in first, like that's the first step of knowing where you are. Like you can't get directions if you don't know where you're currently at. Mm -hmm. So really just checking in and seeing like where you are mentally physically emotionally how do i feel are there any pains in my body and then once you identify where you are ask yourself well, what's going to make me feel good what's going to make me Feel good mentally, physically, and emotionally. What can I do today that's going to raise my vibration, and then make time to do that. So, a lot of times, it's self care: making sure you're hydrated, making sure you move your body, making sure that you get some sunshine and you know fresh air. Maybe you need to ground and put your feet in the grass or sand or whatever. So, really, just checking in to see where you are, and then asking yourself what you need to to raise that vibration. Mm. and then doing it.
0: (laughs) Brilliant. And all of this, and I'm sure we've, we've tiptoed around it a little bit, but what is your purpose and why, why does that purpose call to you?
1: Mm. Oh man. So I, I, I've always believed that like my purpose was to be a voice for people who don't everyone has a voice, but for people who don't feel comfortable standing up and using their voice. So I've always felt like that's my purpose to, to just share, share lessons. And then it's been confirmed that I've had a couple of different readings. I had an Akashic Records reading and she said, my purpose is to show people that there's more. There's a bigger, better, grander life and helping people expand their capacity and tap into abundance. It makes sense because that's my brand. But recently, (laughs) right? Recently, I've really noticed that you know, we all have things that really bug us. And the thing that's really been bugging me lately (laughs) is people telling you that you can't have it all. People Mm -hmm. telling you that you have to tone yourself down because you're too much, you're too extra, you're too glamorous, you're too this, you're too that. So there's, I think there's a person out there that represents the people that don't feel like they're enough. And I feel like I am the person that represents the person that is too much. And it's kind of like, you know, this, this is the thing that like really has been driving me. And I'm just like, where am I too much people? I see you. I love you. I feel you. You know,
0: (laughs) we are the same. We are one in the same brothers and sisters in arms.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like, it's kind and it's not a bad thing because, and that's what I want people to understand. It's not a bad thing. It's kind of like a really rich chocolate. You know, if you have a pretty bland diet and you eat a piece of chocolate, that's like super rich, it may be amazing because you're like, Ooh, this is amazing, but it's too rich to eat too much of it. And so it's like that, that decadent dessert. That's like so rich that you're just like, it's, it's good, but I can't eat too much because your palate isn't, prepared for it, basically. So like those decadent individuals, this is like my new thing, those decadent individuals. So you take someone like Mariah, (laughs) you take someone like Mariah Carey, there's some people that's like, I cannot stand her because she's just, she's so extra, you know, like she's getting people to push her around in a, in a chair because she doesn't want her feet to hit the ground before she goes on stage kind of thing, you know, like too much. But then you have people that are like, I fucking love her, (laughs) you know, like people that are just like, I love all of it. I love the rhinestones and I love the bling. And I love the fact that she's in, you know, a bathtub full of diamonds. Like, I love it. So really just, feeling comfortable with who you are in your fullest expression of you, your fullest expression of you. And that is, those are, those are my people. Those are the people that I'm just like, yes, abundance. We were sent here to, to, tap into our desires. We have our desires for a reason and society will lead you to believe that you can't have it all. You can't Mm -hmm. have the career and the relationship says who you can't have a family and a a thriving career says who you can't. Oh, this, this is one that, that recently bugged me. They, it's like this new wave of women that, that are like, Oh, I'm not going to buy any handbags and designer clothes. I'm going to do investments. Why does it have to be either or Um, hello, like you can invest and still have a nice handbag. Like, who, why, why are we, why are we allowing society to tell us we have to choose either or? You can have them both. But if you believe that you have to choose, then you choose subconsciously and you cut yourself off from the abundance. So don't allow someone to tell you you have to choose. And, you know, it's, it's all over every single thing in life. Like, you have, you have this belief that like the beautiful women are not that smart. So you have to choose, do you want like a bombshell or do you want someone that's like super smart and sweet? What? (laughs) Like what you, there is beauty and brain. Same thing with men, like the super hot men are going to be douchebags. So if you want a nice man, he may have like a dad bod, like it's insane. It is insane. And then, then with like healers, (laughs) 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 then with healers, it's like, Oh, I want to serve. So like, I don't feel comfortable charging. Um, it's a business and you, you were given this gift, but you have to make sure that your needs are met as well. So serving, but still making sure your needs are met and feeling like you are worthy of being compensated for your gifts and your time and your energy. So you don't have to choose either, or you don't have to choose between You know, showing up and serving and making an impact in the world and living a luxurious life. You can do both. You can do both. So I hope that answers your question. (laughs) This is this is what I feel passionate about. This is why my brand is abundance, just to help people reprogram all the bullshit that life has piled on top of them, telling them they have to choose either or. You can Mm. have it all. You can have it all, but we have to, we have to work through our own stuff that's blocking it we're letting people, we're letting society and social norms dictate what we feel is possible for us. So really just tapping into our desires and who we are in our fullest expression and owning it and being unapologetic about it. Mic drop.
0: <laughs> okay. Ends podcast. Just walks away. <laughs> this is great. This is great. So
1: I get worked up. I get worked up.
0: (laughs) You got to let yourself be worked up, girl. You got to, you got to let all the extra continue being extra, but it's (laughs) not really, we just, I, I so get it. And the fact that you are being this voice for the people whom have and know that they have a voice, but they feel like they have to hold it back. It's like, it goes all the way back to the beginning of our conversation. We talked about everybody wants you to be the opposite of exactly what you are. And inherently it always, I think comes from a place own inner place of pain instead of, excuse me, doing the reflection work to say, oh, really, that's just because I'm not comfortable myself, so I project it onto you. When, when you said like, oh, it's, it's not right, like it's not right of them to say them. like, it's totally right of them to say that. It's right of them to say that for themselves because that's their own personal belief. And if that's what you want to, you know, if that's how you want to believe, that's fine. Like you will be defined by the way that you view and interact and relate to the world. And that's for you, but don't tell me. How I am supposed to be, or how I am supposed to come to this world, and for example, in creating this podcast, one of my personal missions for myself is radical truth and honesty, and sharing. Pretty much walking around as if I'm naked, and just being like, "This is who I am. This is how I feel." And yes, I'm t- like I tell people, like sometimes I feel like depressed and anxious, and all those things. Like that to me is just the inherent nature and, of the journey, and sometimes it is that way. And some people are like, "Oh my god, it's just like yo." Like I know that you have your own things, but a lot of us are unwilling to fess up to it. And for me, being inside of that radical truth is not having to make it all seem like it's different than it is, because as we pointed out, that doesn't fucking work. So for you to be a stand for people and to say, yeah, this is, own who you are, own that abundance, own your, your badassery and lay in a tub of diamonds and just really embellish in, in our beingness. Cause if, We only got one ride on this roller coaster. Why wouldn't we take the opportunity to live it, Mm -hmm. to truly live it and not be one of the people who at the end of their lives, Bronnie wears Research report which said the top five regrets of people in the end of their life. The number one regret was that people wish they had had the courage to live a life that was true to them versus the life that others expected of them.
1: Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. Yeah. I want to be that guy. Yeah.
0: So, Niajay. Yeah. Jay damn. I know it's been, it's been a whole lot of damn. So if, <laughs> if people are wanting to get a hold of you and stay, stay in touch with all of the brilliance that is what you're creating, what's a good way for people to get in touch?
1: Well, definitely check out my podcast. So if you enjoy the value that I shared, you can hear a lot more of it on my podcast. It's Abundance Hack and it's on every podcast platform, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, which is now Apple Apple podcast or something like that. It's on Facebook. It's on YouTube. So I'm literally all over social media. And then you can also go to my website, Niaje.com that's N I A J A E.com. And it has links to all my programs. It has links to the podcast. It has links to all my social media and everything. So
0: yeah. Sweet. And if someone's listening and they were going to take away one thing that they were going to take and put into action. Cause as we know, the law of attraction can't happen without action. What is one thing they can do for everything that we've covered to begin working towards that, that higher vibrational state of abundance, completely releasing all the the bullshit that is other people's opinions and to begin to live a life that they love.
1: Mm, I love that question. So I would definitely say self-care, finding some type of healing modality that you can do and incorporate into your routine for self-care. One of my favorite quotes is you can't pour from an empty cup. You have to take care of you first. The better you feel, the better you're going to show up in a world for everyone else for the people in your life. So making sure that you have some type of healing modality that works for you because there's not one that works for everyone. So finding Mm -hmm. what works for you and maybe it's a combination of a couple of healing modalities, but really prioritizing your self-care. So making sure that you are filling your cup and you do not allow it to get depleted. And that to me is like the first step, the first step to like really tapping into to abundance because we have to feel good. The better you feel, the higher you're going to vibrate, the higher you vibrate, the more you're going to heal and attract your desires. Mm. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much for being here, friend.
1: Thank you for having me. This was great.
0: (laughs) Hell yeah. And for those of you listening, as always, thank you for your time, your energy and, uh, yeah, don't, don't, like I've mentioned before, don't let this just be another conversation. Take this, do something with this and begin to move towards that high vibrational life. And as always, continue to find, follow, and live your truth and follow the wolf within you. How? Peace. Thank you so much for listening in. If you got value out of this message, we would love it if you subscribed and shared it with your tribe so we can continue to share this message and this medicine with people all over the world. Much love and peace be with you.